1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Punch It, episode 37. I'm your co-host, Trister O'Dell, and with me, as
0: always, is... Charlene Schmidt.
1: Now, I just want to say, okay, I I never get tired of listening to our theme. I really don't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I so wish that we would have recorded ourselves just now because we were listening to the theme as we were getting pumped up to Punch It, as we do... And we're kind of developing this little dance routine of things that we do during the theme. It's quite entertaining. I think for the future, we ought to do that at some point. Because you guys, I got to tell you, you're missing out.
1: <laughs> like, seriously, like we, uh, we're we staring each other in the face and just mouthing the words <laughs> to uh, to our Pretty theme. Pretty much. I, it gets me pumped up. And one thing that I feel like... I'm very proud of with us and something that we've talked about before. And a lot of people have talked to us about a lot of listeners and even people in our own party have told us whatever, whatever topic we are discussing on punch it. One thing is we give them is energy, whether we're entertaining or not, we're going to be giving you energy. And so we pride ourselves in that. So we thank you so much for listening. Uh, You guys are the best. You're great. Uh, We have some great listeners and, Uh, We just want to say at the top of the show, thank you. And if you're interested in our back catalog, go to thenerdparty.com slash punchit. If you're interested in talking with us, go to thenerdparty.com slash contact. Select punchit from the drop-down menu. Fill out the form. It'll send an email right to us. You can find us on Twitter, at joinnerdparty. And you can also find us on Facebook, where there's a whole bunch of conversation going on there, at facebook.com slash thenerdparty. Now, Char, I am excited about today... Uh, Because this is something very near and dear to my heart. And I know it is with yours. Because this is a writing and pop culture podcast. And what we're talking about today involves pop culture. And what is that?
0: Well, we are going to talk about strong women in film, on TV, in literature, in comic books, wherever we want to pull from. And I think in the process of this, we're going to define what is a strongly written female character? Because there's examples everywhere of this being done very well, as well as uh, really freaking horrible and everywhere in between.
1: That's right. And I'm glad that you worded it that way. Strongly written female characters. Not necessarily strong female characters, as in they could kick your ass, but strongly written, as in well written.
0: Yes. Yes, there is a big difference. We don't necessarily need... Women to be throwing a punch or drop kicking someone to be a strong character. There's many ways to define this. And so I'm hoping is uh, I've made my list, you've made yours. We're going to go through them and exchange why we chose the characters that we did. And I'm hoping through that we have several examples of why we have, uh, I don't know, why on the spectrum (laughs) of (laughs) what what makes a strong person uh, can be a lot of things. And, uh, you know, I'd like to think that we know what we're doing just enough to show just how well-rounded this type of thing can be. And one thing that I think is important to acknowledge right at the top is that one thing that you need out of any good, believable character, no matter whether it's male, female, whatever, you need somebody who's real. That means somebody who's well-developed and has a whole array of thoughts, emotions, and behavior.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. and it's that, that's the thing is that it's I feel like the pendulum swings uh, as with anything, anything, you know, like you, like you have extremes in one area of, oh well, um, in order to have a, a a woman in your book or in your TV show, they need to be domestic, and then the pendulum swings the opposite way, and it's like, oh, well, in order to be considered a strong female character, you have to be that person who can break a Klingon skull in half. No, there's, there is so much middle ground to what it means to be a female character in pop culture. That's a great place to explore. There's so much stuff in between. And like you said, it has to be, it has to be real, or at least, uh, even though like you and I live a lot in sci-fi and fantasy, you know, even oh, yeah. if we're dealing with dragons and gods and whatever else that's mythical or, or, or uh, fantastic, the motivations have to be real, the characteristics have to be real, at least rooted in realistic and logical decisions.
0: Yes, it must be real for that world, especially in sci-fi, which, as you said, we are such big fans of, and that's going to be apparent probably uh, with my list (laughs) more than I care to admit right now. And, I mean, there are so many strong examples of females on TV, of shows that I've not watched at all, and so, of course, I've just got to go off of what I've watched some of these things that we've mentioned uh, on the show before. Others, I'm going to try and take you by surprise. We (laughs) shall see. But you know, I want to also, before we get into our list, I just want to say this is not just applicable to women. I need believable Mm -hmm. men too. I need a believable universe. I need it all to make sense or I'm kind of out. I don't know about you. So I don't know. We are focusing, I think maybe on women just because this does seem to be a bit of a struggle especially with Hollywood productions and whatnot. They, you mentioned a pendulum. Yes, you can go from one extreme to the other, and they especially seem to have difficulty with this with women, and especially women of color. And speaking of which, that is one reason why I'm so excited for Star Trek Discovery, because finally, finally, I think we are going to see some strong women of color in the spotlight. So that's going to be fantastic. And so this is kind of an evolution. We're we've seen a lot of progress. We have more to go, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's constantly happening.
1: It's it's true, and it's you know, like we've talked about this a lot on our previous podcast together that was centered around Star Trek Voyager, and you know, it, it was hard not to talk about strong female characteristics when you had so many. In one show, you like right at the top. Let's just talk about Star Trek Voyager because we had Janeway <laughs> as the captain. We had Bellana in engineering. We had seven of nine uh wherever in science and, and whatnot in the Astromexics lab. And then <laughs> we had wherever
0: she wanted to be. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, and we we had Kess in uh in, in the med bay and sick bay and everything like that. And so we talked about feminism a lot. We talked about strong female characters a lot on that show. And you're a feminist. I'm a feminist. I was raised by feminists. I uh, like. I know that you know, like people in your life are, are feminists, and it's just this is something that we pride ourselves in talking about because it's fun to talk about, and it needs to be talked about. And oh, yeah. feminism is not just about elevating women; it's about equality between men and women and other genders. And it's just, it's I, it's just so much fun to talk about, and I love that we're talking about it today. And you'll see, like, even though you know, like, uh, you know like we're both big readers and whether that's uh you know like novels or short stories or even fan fiction uh i feel <laughs> okay. like I I, I I i put that in there just for you thank you uh, i uh i kind of i kinda, on my list i kind of am leaning more towards tv and film i mean me too. it's it's hard for me not to i mean i there's so many great novels and and books out there and comic books out there with gr- just fantastically written women and women of color and everything like that but i just my heart is in tv and film especially right now (laughs) and uh and yeah so it's uh you're you're gonna see that kind of pop out
0: okay well fair enough and actually looking at my list i have more literary characters than i realized however these are characters from either tv shows that came from books or movies what have you but there are book versions as well as av versions why did I say AV?
1: Uh, AV versions? Hey, audio, visual, <laughs> it works. It works. Don't knock yourself. Oh, Don't knock guys, yourself in the lead.
0: My brain is not quite uh, functioning on all the cylinders today. So if I say something that just does not make sense, please keep going and move on.
1: Okay, so how about we uh, how about we just go go ahead and get started? I mean, this is this is not like a this is not a list. This is not a ranking. This is not ten to one, one to ten, or anything like that. This is just a discussion. That, that's all that this is. And so we have a few people written down, uh, but let's I, 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 in no particular order. I just want to talk about one of my favorites, and that's Leslie Nope from Parks and Recreation.
0: Okay, you have been begging me to watch this show. I'm really sorry that I have not watched it. I I know, I know. I'm bowing my head in shame right now. I'll get there, give me a couple of years. There's just so much media to be consuming in any form these days. It's hard to really pick and decide, okay, I'm going with this one.
1: I'm not even gonna talk about it because we've talked about it so many times about how you need to watch the show and because yeah, I'm a close yeah, friend yeah. of yours, you need to take my advice over others. But
0: And I do, I do.
1: Regardless. Leslie Nope. The reason why she's so well written is she's a protagonist of the show, and she's surrounded by strong characters, and also strong female characters. And she herself, Leslie Nope herself, is a feminist and is in politics, and is all about empowering women inside and outside politics. And the, several storylines are about her, you know, breaking through the the, the glass ceiling of politics and. You know, like, there's this wall in City Hall that is just filled with white men of people who have served their term, and she walks by it often in the show, and she she talks about how she often dreams of putting her own picture on there and being the contrast and being the standout, and... It's a really fun journey to witness. And she also has this thing called Galentine's Day, which is the day before Valentine's Day, where she gets together with all of her female friends and talks about female empowerment and, and, you know, and focuses on female friendship and how you don't necessarily need a man in order to complete yourself. And like, yeah, there's a lot of laughs. And yeah, it's done tongue in cheek. But there is that message there. And it's not I'm not just mentioning her because her character is a feminist. It's that she is so well-written because Amy Poehler, who who is the actor who portrays her, had a lot of influence on her own character. And she was great friends with the creator as well as the the head writer. And they all wanted this character to succeed, obviously. And they wanted her to be a strong representation of a driven politician. But also someone who could throw back a few drinks, who had time to date, and who was a geek... You know, like, who was, like, an overachiever, but very relatable to people who have those characteristics. And so, Leslie Nope, all the way, I think if you are looking for a great series that has a female lead that focuses on female empowerment, but doesn't necessarily knock you over the head with it, because that's not the mission quote-unquote mission statement of the show, even though it is the mission statement of the character, check out Parks and Rec.
0: That sounds very good. Uh, when I do and not if, when, I do watch the show, I have a feeling I will gravitate toward this character quickly. She will become endearing almost immediately. She sounds like somebody that I'd actually want to hang out with in real life, which uh, that makes for a relatable character. That's great. I would love to just sit and have a vodka-flavored vodka drink with her, and we can discuss (laughs) feminism and politics or what have you. I mean, cool. Let's do it. (laughs) That sounds fantastic. Now, one interesting thing, and... I imagine our lists are very similar in this way. A lot of these fantastic, empowered characters, these complete characters, come from people who are strong portraying them. Mm -hmm. Yes? I mean, that kind of sounds... I mean, I don't know tons about Amy Poehler, but that sounds exactly like who you're talking about here is somebody who is going to fight for what they think is right and doesn't suffer fools very uh, well and... Darn it, she will get what she wants.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, which so you about, unfortunately ha- have to do. <laughs> you know, as a un- woman, you have to fight harder for what you want to get heard and actually make it happen. It's just, it's unfortunately just a fact.
1: How about you uh, throw somebody off of your list? Who, who, when we talk about well-written characters, female characters, who pops into your head? Like, who, who popped into your head when I pitched this idea to you?
0: <laughs> the very first person I thought of, interestingly enough, was Hermione Granger from the Harry <laughs> Potter series.
1: <laughs> I was wondering if she, I like I thought about this this person and she almost made it on my list. But then I was just like, Nah, she'll probably get mentioned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hermione Granger from the books, of course, but also the movies portrayed by Emma Watson, who also is a feminist is very outspoken about equality and rights, that sort of thing. She's very much an advocate. And her character, Hermione, is wickedly smart. I mean, she's got the academic know-how, but she also has common sense, which you don't always find. Sometimes people are very academically book smart, but maybe they lack life skills to navigate through the rigors of life. No, Hermione has all of that. Plus, she does not suffer fools, and she will fight back. And sometimes, I just love it when Hermione has such strong, biting words that they throw more than a punch. Hermione is not a physical person. She does not have the physicality, but she knows more than you do. <laughs> and th- that is her big advantage, and as that's just, I don't know. I really admire her for that. Also, just because she's in really good company, too. I mean, she has Harry Potter, who some think are the second coming. Uh, and, and That's a tough act to follow. And then, of course, there's Ron, too. has He has his own charm. And uh, often she and Ron kind of have at it, which is kind of fun. But she holds her own, is what I'm saying, and does it flawlessly. I mean, it's not an effort for her, even. It's just who she is
1: yes this this is a great character, and this and I believe that Hermione is also a great role model for young girls and even young boys and it's It's this character, like you said, is book smart but doesn't lack common sense i mean there's there's so many times you see that character who cannot handle themselves in the real world or cannot handle themselves outside of the classroom unless they have a book in front of them, and she loves books, but yet she can utilize those books to enhance her life and I really like that about the character. And like you said about Emma Watson, I mean, I think she's, she's great outside of the character as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and I would dare say nerds get stereotyped with that whole book smart thing where we are so engrossed in our games and our books and our whatever we're consumed by that we can't get by in real life.
1: Yes, so. yes, that's very
0: true. <laughs> that's unfortunately a, a stereotype that, I mean, there's always a grain of truth in a stereotype but it just, it's like every other stereotype, it gets taken way too far. Just want to throw that out there since we do have fellow nerds listening to us. This is the Nerd Party Network. So all of that said, I want to know your next pick.
1: Well, the next one on my list is someone who I think is very underrated, very underrated in the Star Trek franchise. And we've talked about her at length, and I'm not talking Janeway. And oh. that's... Gynen,
0: ah, Gynen. Yes, we love her.
1: Now we, d- you guys, should search uh, by going to the dot slash punch it and search for our Gynen episode because we we developed a backstory for her and we got to talk about her a lot about her her uh, attributes and her her failings and her and her uh, benefits and everything like that. And so with Gynen, what I like about her is that she's she is sensual without being sexual. She is mysterious without being a stereotype. She is an enigma without being a seductress. And it just, it is so great to see that in a character because she so easily could have been something that she wasn't. She, like, Gene Roddenberry could have asked somebody who said, "Is like, okay, I want you to be the mysterious bartender, and all of a sudden, it's Coyote Ugly. You know?
0: Right. Yeah. Now,
1: I know, obviously, Coyote Ugly was was well after this time, but you know what I'm trying to say. You know, like no, she totally. could have been that that mysterious seductress with the smoky eyes and you don't know where she comes from, but they didn't go in that direction. They went with a, the wise, soft, interesting individual who you know has a sexual side, but they do not overplay her sexuality you know what i mean like she
0: yes she talks oh, about totally. her past
1: loves and her past relationships she she jokingly comes on to Riker, but yet you know that she could do it if she you know if she wanted to
0: <laughs> if she really wanted and to sure
1: absolutely and just like there's all these things and just any time you see and also just kind of tag on uhura there even though uhura does not deserve to be tagged on to anything she she should be the focus Seeing black actresses break down stereotypes, especially especially in science fiction, is something that I love. That we have seen in Star Trek, and that we're going to continue to see, as you mentioned before, with Star Trek Discovery. And it's just so great because, like Nichelle Nichols herself said, it's so fantastic to play this part because she's not a maid, you know. And right. and I,
0: Breaking actually, the no, I think
1: I think Whoopi Goldberg said that about Uhura about when she first saw Star Trek, she was inspired by Uhura because she was on the bridge and she was in a command position and she was not a maid. She was a black woman and not a mammy. And, you know, Uhura inspired Guinan and Guinan, I'm sure, inspired, uh, you know, Star Trek Discovery and beyond. And it's just so great to see these well-written, dynamic characters in Trek. And I'm so happy to be a part of a fandom that prides itself in that.
0: Absolutely. I love the way that you described Guinan, especially when it comes to breaking the stereotypes of sexuality. Guinan could go after anybody she wants. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. a lot of female roles do get broken down to who they're attracting. You know, are they going after the lead male actor? Are they going after secondary characters? It's all about their sex life and who they're dating. And are they going to get together? Aren't they? Are they having babies? Yada, yada, yada. As if that's all that matters. No, but then, I mean, conversely, also, it's not the sex in the city stereotype either. where just going to be doing whatever you want and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. No, um, Gaiden was her very much her own person who transcended all of that and made it look so incredibly easy, just as it should be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. you got to pride that with um, Whoopi Goldberg and, and Gene Roddenberry and everything like that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and no doubt. I mean, the cycle, we've always said representation matters. Well, I mean, Whoopi Goldberg's story is the perfect example of that. Nichelle Nichols inspired, I cannot speak, Nichelle Nichols inspired her. Whoopi Goldberg has inspired so many, myself included, with Guinan. And of course, we're just going to keep it right on going with Discovery. It's a beautiful thing.
1: Absolutely. So who is who else is, is rolling around in your brain as someone you want to talk about?
0: Okay, this might be maybe a brief one, but I want to mention Daria Morgendorfer. From the, from
1: the show Daria?
0: From the show Daria on MTV. The spinoff of Beavis and Butthead. Yes. The thing is, if you watch this show, it was incredibly well written. It had... I mean, it kind of had some really good social commentary in this show, even though it was an animated show, even though it was on MTV, it was still incredibly intelligent. They did it right. Because Daria, I mean, yes, she is very much kind of just that blah, 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 I hate everything. Yes, I'm smarter than all of you. Kind of, I I don't know. I don't want to stay stereotype, but that's kind of who she was. But the thing was, is she... She was a she was a great role model and portraying high school the way they did where you kind of I don't know. I don't want to get too deep into it, honestly, just because I could do a whole episode on that. And maybe sometime we do. But just the way they characterize everybody at uh, this high school, it's a nice reflection if you're really looking at it of what it means to be in that age group at that time in your life, what it can mean for different people, whether it's a good time or a bad time, that sort of a thing. It was just really well done. And Daria being the central character is just top notch. She is allowed to, I mean, she's her own person, but yes, she does have a crush, that sort of a thing. She's not incomplete, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: That's a, that's a good way to put it. She's not incomplete. She's allowed to have a crush. She's allowed to want a romantic relationship and still be an independent woman. She's allowed all of these things because that's what it's all about. It's a, it's about choice. It's about equality. It's about being well-rounded. And uh, yeah, good good pick. Good pick.
0: Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I feel like I should articulate just a little more because... What I'm saying is very general without trying to give too much away, and I don't know if you can even find the show anywhere since it's 20 years old, but high school is all about stereotypes, right? So you Mm -hmm. could easily draw somebody into them, and the thing, and the point I guess I'm trying to get at is that they really didn't. Good. It it goes deeper, so (laughs) that's very, that's, that's pretty nice. The things that you would expect out of an animated show and an animated character are not quite all that's to it, so there's that. All right, moving on. What's yours?
1: Moving on, I want to talk about this uh, because this is an individual. This this fictional character is a flawed individual. Mm. So many things are wrong with this character. She screws up constantly. She is a good mom as well as a horrible mom. And she's a good friend as well as a horrible friend. She's a good uh, dating partner as well as a horrible dating partner. She's a good daughter as well as a horrible daughter. She's all of these things because that's what humans are. And that's Lorelai from Gilmore Girls.
0: I knew it.
1: As soon as I said good mother and horrible mother, you knew exactly who I was talking about.
0: Well, then you only continued to reinforce it as you went on. (laughs) I'm like, yep, it's Lorelai. But keep going because this almost made my list. But I had a feeling you were going to do it
1: we talk about Gilmore Girls a lot on this show because, I mean, we're you're currently doing a rewatch and we do season recaps every now and again.
0: Oh, no, 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 not rewatch. I'm watching it for the first time. Oh,
1: excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You're doing a watch. You're yeah. like, uh, I, I do rewatches. You're doing a watch for the first time. Yeah. And uh, I love doing the season uh, wrap-ups with you. So hopefully we'll get to do the next one soon. I'm and working on it. With Lorelai, she's all the things that I said. She. There's so many times you watch the show... And you're like, oh, my gosh, that's so frustrating. Why would you do that? But yet it's not out. (laughs) Most of the time, it's not outside of character. Like the choices that she makes are sometimes freaking stupid. And yet, yeah, we make stupid decisions as people, as humans. And, you know, like she could have been she could have been the angel that never screwed up. She could have been the leave it to beaver mom or she could be the bad example mom. You know, like the on the right. wrong side of town that are, that's, that uh, writers use all the time. But no, she's in the middle because all of us are in the middle. And that's what I love about Gilmore Girls is because the dynamic of the relationships are always very flawed and complicated and realistic, even if the dialogue sometimes isn't.
0: <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's one of the very interesting things about Gilmore Girls is all the dynamics between these people. They are very flawed. They do do stupid, horrible things, and you just you are sometimes screaming at the TV. Why? But is it real? Absolutely.
1: Yes. Yes. But, but since we've talked about Gilmore Girls so much, let's go ahead and move on.
0: Okay. Sounds good. The next person I want to mention is from a show that you do not watch, unfortunately, so bear with me here. That is Tasty from Orange is the New Black. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah I'm, I love yeah, I'm going to have to check out for this one. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll just take a nap or something and I'll talk to our listeners. <laughs> I love Tasty because, uh, I mean, like a lot of the characters on the show, she has had a very tough life. I mean, the best that she could have happened to her growing up is that she got taken in by a drug dealer. But nevertheless, somehow she is still wicked smart and she is a great organizer. She is often the brains behind big plans, and you saw that a lot in the latest season. I mean, she is the one trying to carry off the negotiations, and I don't want to say anything more than that because yeah. it is still so new. I'm sure there's people out there who I would spoil it if, they, uh, kept, if I kept going. So that alone says a lot about her and her resilience and her abilities. She has a gift for being a really good communicator and being an organizer, getting people behind her cause and actually being able to execute somewhat. And she's, she is also really good at just managing people. Like this lady, when she gets out of prison, she needs to be in HR or something. (laughs) She's really good at handling a variety of situations. Like she knows how to effectively deal with crazy eyes who has the mentality of a six-year-old. That's pretty difficult when this is an adult woman we're talking about. But no matter how crazy things do get inside the prison and with the people in it, she handles it. And she is always the one who, I don't know, she just really shines. The crazier things get, the better she is. She steps up. So I really admire that character for that.
1: Well, it sounds fantastic. <laughs>
0: That's all you got to say about that. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. I know I'll never get you to watch the show. So why don't you tell me your next pick?
1: This is a character that I fell in love with at a young age. And it's someone who I mourned when her character died. And I'm not giving anything away. And when I reveal that, you'll understand why. And it's, it's a character who could be strong, but girly at the same time. Quote-unquote girly. Uh Uh-huh. And it's a character who loved to be in love, but still would kick a man's ass if he insulted her. And that is Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
0: Ah, I had a feeling this was going to make your list.
1: I had posters of her all around my room, and... So many people, like they would like people who were allowed to enter uh, my nerd my nerdy room when I was when I was younger and a kid. So many people would see like the the Buffy poster, the Goma Girls poster, and uh, the Charmed poster, and they're (laughs) like, "Oh, you you just have these posters up because you like staring at attractive women." I'm like, "No." Uh, these are amazing characters and well-written female characters, and that is why they're on my wall. I was like, I have a, I have an Angel poster and a Star Wars poster up here. It's not because I love looking at Luke Skywalker, you know, like, and that goes the same for Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. And so, because of that, it's just it's so exciting to see this character work because at the time she was a walking contradiction. Now, I'm not saying she actually was. She was perceived as a walking contradiction because she was imbued with supernatural powers. She could have a lollipop and just get back from the mall, but then stab a vampire in the heart and do 15 flips backwards.
0: <laughs> I got gotcha. you. And
1: I love that they did not make her masculine. I feel like there's so many times where people feel like they have to make a character masculine in order to make her strong. And that's not what they did with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's not what they did with Buffy Summers. And, and the, you know, this character was created by Joss Whedon. And, you know, like with so many of his shows, he was a champion for the female character who could kick ass but not necessarily have to be masculine or need a man in order to complete herself. And right. this was a great time for this show to come out and... I, you know, like I watched it when I was in high school and it helped shape my view of what female characters could be like. And it was just like she'll always be a beacon of great female characters in my fiction enjoyment.
0: Nice. Now, I have not watched Buffy. You know that, but our members of our audience might have not, especially if you're a new listener. And if you are, hi. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Uh, Buffy sounds awesome. Sounds like somebody who like you could be chilling with your best friend, but you know that she could totally protect you if you needed if you were in a fight, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. I love what you said about like she doesn't need the man to complete her. That's sort of a thing. God, how many times do writers back themselves into a corner, especially with a female lead with that?
1: Well, if there's there's a really really interesting story in Buffy with season 2 and season 3 where her main love interest, I mean like she connects with her love interest on the most intense level that you could ever possibly imagine and they are crazy in love and then something happens and it's about her dealing with that loss. And dealing with those emotions where she breaks down, she goes into a depression, and she is forced to do things she doesn't want to do. I'm trying not to spoil anything. And I <laughs> believe me, I did not spoil a single thing with saying that I mourned her when she died. Um, but it's just, there's this emotion with her needing her lover and needing him... With her and in her arms and in her life, but then having to reject him and move on at the same time, it's okay to go through these emotions. It's okay to need someone, but still be okay without them you know like i'm I'm trying yeah yeah like, yeah it's it's common for us to say, "Oh, she doesn't need a man, and so she can take or leave that relationship you know that's that's okay if that's how the character feels, but at the same time. You can still yearn for someone and want them in your life without having them complete you.
0: Yes. Yes. Thank you for articulating that. Because it's, I think, a little different than maybe what I was saying earlier. Like, yes, many characters, when they need to be strong, yeah, they don't need a man to complete them, that sort of a thing. That isn't what I was saying at all. Because if this sort of naturally happened where she did fall in love... It doesn't necessarily complete her, but it enriches her life, which is what we all want in our lives. And the fact that she had to go through the mourning process and basically learn to live life without that person, that is also very real and very emotional. And I'm glad that she was able to kick and scream and cry through that process to show it and portray it. That does not mean she's weak either. That is also very real. (laughs) Uh, and that's not something that gets portrayed on screen hardly at all. That's awesome. That is freaking awesome. So, and I, you I think know, so, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's something I really wish, uh, just going back to Star Trek for one moment, that I wish they would have done a little bit more with Janeway. Yeah. Yeah. They really... They really struggled to figure out how to write Janeway as a strong woman without, A, making her too masculine, and then, B, yes, she had this guy back home, and now it's gone, and there's loneliness there. She's carrying this crew and the ship on her shoulders. Uh, they, I don't know, they they sort of edged on portraying that burden, but this sounds much more complete this sounds much more relatable and understandable than what we got to see on Voyager. Unfortunately, because could you imagine if they'd done it properly on Voyager, how powerful that would have been? <laughs> it's true. I,
1: I think I think they had their moments. They definitely won in a few moments, but they could have explored it a whole lot more. Exactly like you said,
0: right? Yeah, they tried. They got so far, but they didn't quite nail it.
1: All right. So th- throw some more at me. We're, uh, we're 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 going strong. So let's go ahead and. And, uh, and All right. continue strong.
0: I want to throw what might be a curveball. I'm not sure. I'm approximately halfway through watching this series. So please, if you talk to me about this show online, if you send in an email or whatnot, no spoilers, please. And I'm talking about Alfred from Handmaid's Tale.
1: <laughs>
0: it's a book that was written in 1985, which I have not read. I might go back and read it. I don't know. But I'm going through the series uh, on Hulu and... Holy wow. Um, This is an interesting universe I don't want to live in. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's messed up.
0: It's a little messed up. And I don't want to give too much away because this is a very new series, but it's a dystopian future set into the not terribly too far future. And it's kind of a what if we had a really kind of totalitarian government take over and basically relegate women to being if you're capable breeders. I mean, that's that's it. <laughs> so, Alfred is the main character of the story and I, you know, as as frightening and, and uh almost sometimes as grotesque and off-putting as this world is and watching it because uh, I've cringed many times, I I'm not sure if I could handle living in it. Her resilience is admirable at this point of where I'm watching in the series and she is not losing her true self in this world either and that has got to be a really difficult thing to manage when uh, she's in survival mode as well she just she has to keep existing and finding a way and especially where there's one scene I do want to mention just a little bit about I don't want to give too much away but there is a scene where Offered sacrifices her own chance at freedom with one of her friends so that her friend can escape life as a handmaid. And honestly, I mean, how many of us would do that in that situation? Be so selfless knowing that your friend could escape if you give in and therefore you are kind of just a uh, I don't know throwing yourself to the wolves in terms of your punishment and what that means for you wow
1: Yeah it's it is a messed up show it is a messed up story it's it's very crazy I think I have a I have a one of my uncles can't watch the show like his therapist told him to not watch the show because wow. it gave him so much anxiety and it pissed him off so much especially with you know stuff that's going on around the world and in our own backyard he just he just couldn't handle it. He got so wound up that he couldn't fall asleep that night after he watched an episode. And I can it's see
0: why. Crazy. I mean, yeah. it is a it is a very it's a very strong message of what could happen if things really go off the rails in our not too distant future. That is what really frightens me. It gives me anxiety too. Now I have the disconnect of okay, that is TV, but I can totally see. Yeah, we let things really get out of hand. This could actually happen, and that's frightening. Yeah. Yeah. So what's another that's
1: one? Another one for me is from the literary world, but also as well as, uh, as as movies. And that's Amy Dunn from Gone Girl.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Okay, so now this might perk up a lot of people's ears, because <laughs> a lot of people have described Amy, Amy Dunn's character and Gillian Flynn's portrayal, the, the author, Gillian... Flynn's portrayal of amy dunn as misogynistic because she is the uh, she is the wife who is some would say a stereotype where she's cool she's the cool girl on the surface but underneath she's crazy you know like she's mm. you know like like oh she's she's just the crazy woman that like that that men will write off like, when they break up with with their girlfriends, all they have to do is just say, man, she was crazy. You know, and then, like, other guys are just like, okay, you don't need to say anything else. And so people took this character, the surface level of this character and of the story and ran with it and said, this is misogynistic. And that is not the case at all. And I want to read, uh, I, I read a quote from Gillian Flynn about this character. Do it. And... She said to me, that puts a very, very small window on what feminism is. Is it really only girl power and you go girl and, and empower yourself and be the best you can be? For me, it's also the ability to have women who are bad characters. The one thing that really frustrates me is this idea that women are innately good, innately nurturing. In literature, they can be dismissibly bad, trampy, vampy, bitchy types, but there's still a big pushback against the idea that women can be pragmatically evil bad and selfish i don't write psycho bitches the psycho bitch is just crazy she has no motive and she is a dismissible person because of her psycho bitchiness and i love that quote because that's the thing ab dunn is pragmatically evil she is unhinged but she is you can say crazy but not stupid and so Mm, gillian flynn plays on that stereotype that misogynistic stereotype and makes her powerful in her pragmatism. And that is why I love this character, because it spins it on its head. It's a character that men hate, and it's a character that women hate. And it's because she's an evil character.
0: <laughs> well, and we're not supposed to like the evil characters, right? Exactly. You know, even with an antihero, you, you at best love to hate them, like a Walter White. And it should not matter if it is a man or a woman. I think women, oftentimes, if they are going to be portrayed bad, yeah, they are the psycho bitch from hell. Or they're just um, completely, you know, they're the tramp, they're the whore, what have you. They're doing horrible, horrible things, right? Or, conversely, they're the Mary Sue. And they're perfect. And they have to be strong because they can do anything. No, that's not good either. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And so any of you who have not read the book and are just or haven't even seen the movie and just taking the character on 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 face value, I definitely recommend reading the book. It is a fantastic book, as well as the audiobook. The audiobook is a uh, is, is just a great, a great source of, of of acting and good storytelling. Oh, also total side plug for people who are listening to the show. I narrated an audiobook. book. Yes, gotta, you
0: did. We got to mention you, this.
1: Yes, please, everybody, check it out. Uh, it's, uh, you can find it on my website at TristanRidell.com. And you can also um, find it on Amazon and iTunes and Audible. It's called Reddened Wasteland by Kyle Perkins. And it is a uh, sci-fi post-apocalyptic story set on Mars. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but it's the first audiobook that I've ever narrated. Uh, especially professionally, and it was a lot of fun to do, and I hope you guys enjoy it, and if you would like to support me, please uh, go purchase said audiobook, and uh, you'll have a good time.
0: Right on. That is exactly what I'm going to do this week, because I am scheduled to fly out and visit my family on Friday, right before this episode drops, or right after, rather, and I'm going to need some entertainment while I'm in that plane, so I'm going to get the audiobook, and I'm going to listen to it on the way over.
1: Aw, Thanks. Be cool you're like welcome. Char, everybody. That's okay. right.
0: Be cool like me.
1: <laughs> All right. Okay. So we're kind of round and third here. So, uh, what's, what's,
0: Ooh.
1: you want to give one last one or a couple ones or whatever you want to do?
0: How about if I do a couple of honorable mentions?
1: Sounds, I think that's good. Brief. I'm going to like do like a list after you're done. I'm just going to say, this okay. is cool. This
0: is cool. Yeah. Like kind of like lightning round. Just name yeah. them off. You, if you know the character, you're going to understand why. Okay. Dr. Jillian Taylor from Star Trek IV. <laughs> really? Cool. The woman knows how to get you know what done. Love her. <laughs> <laughs> nice pull. Claire. Yeah. Claire freaking Underwood. Again, maybe a little more even than we even know at this point, depending on how the series is turning. I mean, she's intelligent. She's calculating. <sighs> yeah. Big, big stuff there. Dana Scully slash Jillian Anderson. Because Gillian Anderson has been a big advocate, especially lately, uh, outspoken for things like equal pay and whatnot. Go her. I love her. Also, Kate Mulgrew, yes, she played Janeway, but she also plays Red on Orange is the New Black, a very flawed, but also very strong and beautifully written and portrayed character. That's my list.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. um, Claire Underwood and Dana Scully are on my list as well. Of course, Janeway, too. And so, yes, that's that is a very, very cool list that you have. I, mine is a little bit longer, so I'm just going to go even faster. So, Do it. Peggy Olson from Mad Men, totally crashing through the, mm. the glass ceiling and yeah, yeah. just like really owning her own destiny. We got Maria from The Sound of Music, just because she's cool and she breaks all the stereotypes about nuns and also women <laughs> back in the day. And Zena, uh, I don't even need to say anything about Zena. Yeah. No, uh, we got Mulan. Eleven from Stranger Things.
0: Ah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Ripley, of course, from the Alien franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. I, this character is so amazing that I named my daughter after her. And Princess Leia from Star Wars. I know you and I disagree about that, but you're wrong. And <laughs> and to finish out one that I is is just recently on my list, and that's Moana. Who? Moana from Moana.
0: Okay, I've not seen. Watch. Nope. Tell me you more. Haven't, you
1: haven't even heard
0: of Moana? Mm. mm How's
1: it's what it's am? a Dis, it's a Disney film with the Rock it takes place in uh in uh in old Hawaii or like okay. the Hawaii, like not not Hawaii but like around the the islands and and
0: it's all oh wow Polynesian. okay no I am out of the Disney loop. Apparently, I have no idea that this has happened. Like the last thing I heard about Disney was Frozen, and I'm well over that.
1: Well, this the, Moana is kind of the new Frozen. Like it, it takes. The place of, of frozen in kids minds it's a great story it's kind of a 45 minute story stretched to 90 minutes um okay but the songs are amazing and the lead character moana is a strong independent thinker and she is just an amazing singer and uh it's uh it's, seriously check it out it's on netflix it's free you know, well, I mean, oh, if you have the, okay. the subscription, well, if it's on
0: Netflix, that makes life a lot easier. I will remember to check that out. Okay, I had, I had, I have no idea that that was even a thing. Wow, <laughs> I, that's I just how no much idea. is out there <laughs> these days. You can completely pass by a complete fandom, and it's nothing. That's amazing.
1: All right, so there you go. That's our show. We already gave you all the places that you can find us, uh, but re- just if, if you missed that or if you weren't paying attention, shame on you, you can just go to the <laughs> go- dot com for everything that you could possibly consider, all of our social media networks as well as all of our episodes. Shar, where can we find you on Twitter?
0: You can find me at Oh, the profanity. Where can they find you?:
1: You can find me at The Insane Robin, and I cannot wait for you guys to listen to us next week. Because we are going to punch it.
0: Ready for warp, sir.
1: Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.